down there. I was down in Houston not too long ago, and we went to Lockhart. Lockhart, Texas is where our cow camp is. Now, they are a fully functioning church. Frank Johnson is the pastor down there. They're doing a great job, and we want to thank them for joining up with Save the Cowboy. And Lockhart, Texas is the, ca- is the barbecue capital of the world. Okay, I mean, do you want to you have, I mean, these barbecue joints have been open um, like for 70 and 80 years. I mean, you don't stay in business for 70, 80 years unless you know what you're doing. And, um, you know, that is one thing that I miss about Texas is, is good barbecue. Now, the, the other thing about Texas barbecue is there, there's, uh, there's also barbecue that, they, that people think is good. That is not true. There, there is stuff, there is horrible barbecue. But there's three types of cowboy cooks. And I'm, I'm going to tell you all about three types of cowboy cooks. The first type of cowboy cook is the really good one. And I'm telling you what, if you've never eaten the food that comes from a Dutch oven or a campfire or even a barbecue grill or whatever, man, there are some cowboys out there, some that can cook. There is also some cowboys out there that think they can cook, okay? And I, oh my gosh, that stuff, you need to put it on your life insurance policy. But there's a third type of cowboy cook, and that's the kind of cowboy cook I am. I like to refer to it as really risky, okay? Um, You never know quite what you're going to get. It will be a wonderful experience. Well, maybe not wonderful. It will be an experience. You will have a story to tell afterwards, okay? And, um, you know, I I did survive for many years on my own before my wife. I haven't had to cook in in years and years. And, you know, I'm 20. Well, we've been married nearly 10 years, so we got married when I was 13. But... um, I hadn't had, why should I cook? Christy's like the best cook ever. But right when me and Christy first got together, I was out at the ranch, she was coming out to the ranch, and I was going to impress her with some homemade pancakes. Homemade pancakes. I wasn't going to use no Bisquick, baby. We were going to talk about from scratch, homemade pancakes pancakes. Now see, there are some fundamentals of cooking that I was not aware of, mainly because I didn't have to have any fundamentals to open up a can of ranch-style beans and warm a tortilla up. But there is a big, big difference between baking soda and baking powder. Nobody ever told me that. I seen baking something, so I pulled baking something out of the cabinet. I put it all in there and fried it up. She got there. Boy, I put down the warmed up butter and the syrup and put down two of the biggest, fattest pancakes you've ever seen in your life. You go ahead and eat, sweetheart. Man, I made these just for you. Thanks. You know how it is when you're newly together? Thanks. She lathered it all up. I'm going to go in here and cook me mine. You just, you just savor this delicious cowboy meal. So she went over and you know, I got mine and I went in there and I'm looking at her. She's just, it's good. It's good. I put one on there, took a big old bite and spit it out through my nose. 
it was one of the most horrible things I've ever ate in my life. And she is such a sweetheart. She was like, no, it's not that bad. I was like, what, what the? Ah, it said bad words and everything. She still married me. That's what type of integrity she has. She didn't let that stand in the way. Now, I didn't let her leave for about the next six years, mainly because I was afraid that she wouldn't come back. That's not true. Uh, her and the kids went somewhere, something, and I mean, she's really good. You know, she'll make up some, some stuff, and she'll be like, okay, this is in the refrigerator, this is in the refrigerator, this is in the refrigerator. I'm like, honey, thank you so much. But I'm like, shoot, I can cook on my own. This is easy. The first night she was gone, I cooked a cowboy staple of hamburger patties and french fries and some green beans. Yeah. So I'm cooking them up. You know, you're frying these french fries and everything. And so I'm eating them as I'm frying them. And when I got everything done, I wasn't hungry no more. And so the next night I was like, you know what? I really don't feel like cooking, you know. I'm just going to go get me some cereal. So I went in there, and I opened it up, and oh, there was Fruit Loops in this. In... Man, if you don't like Fruit Loops, man, we're going to have to have an intervention. So I get my Fruit Loops out. <laughs> Telling you about Fruit Loops the other day, Griffin, he went to go get him a bowl, and all of them was dirty, so he pulled out this cake pan about this big I hear him walking real quietly and I'm look up and he's got that cake pan filled with fruit loops and milk and I'm like you're gonna eat all of that I will dad <laughs> I let him go after about an hour and a half <laughs> he gave it all he had that's kind of what I did I found a big old saucepan and I filled it up with fruit loops and I went over there and opened it up and <gasps> no milk it's like dang it you know when you get your heart set on something, you just want some Fruit Loops. You just need some Fruit Loops. I look down there, and in the door is a six-pack of chocolate Slim Fast. I ain't even got to the good part yet. You know that little voice inside you that goes, just say no. It's kind of, it's, it's got to be milk-based. It's kind of like a chocolate shake or something. It'll make you pretty. Seen the commercials? So I take out four and a half of them. I don't know what chocolate Slim Fast tastes like with Fruit Loops, but it can't be that bad. It takes like a minute and a half to pour that stuff out. Gloop, gloop. And with every gloop, there's a just say no man when a cowboy gets started on something he got to see it through to the end ain't gonna waste nothing poured that one out poured that one out poured that one out i'm thinking just just say no i hate little spoons little spoons should be banned from every kitchen in america i use a serving spoon about this big I stuck it in that old saucepan, had a hold of the handle. Guys, when I eat, I don't eat very often, but when I eat, it's in, we mean business. Took it like that. Oh. 
But when you're a cowboy, you got to see it through to the end. So I kept going. And I started feeling funny inside. Not a good funny either. I kind of pushed back from the table, went back and had to, you know, you got to slurp it, right? Put it back down, had my old chocolate slim fast mustache going on. And I pushed back from the table and I took about three steps and something strange happened. My left leg stopped working. It wouldn't move. And so I'm trying to get over there to the TV, and I'm... You can, I can take one big step forward, it's like three steps, and then step, big step forward and drag it. Because I don't know what was going on, but I was kind of dizzy. My left leg wasn't working, and I had a terrible urge to watch Pure Country and Napoleon Dynamite at the same time. And I sat there like that for the next 19 and a half hours. I would not advise eating Slim Fast and Fruit Loops. But go try it and let me know how it works. Today I'm going to give you an even better recipe than Slim Fast and Fruit Loops. Today we're going to talk about getting cooking with God. You know, I know a lot of you, man, you have been... You have been Christians for like, you know, 900 years. That's just Phil. But anyway, uh, most of you have been, no, not really Phil. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, where you're brand new or you're, you, you want to get going. I'm going to give you a recipe for to get cooking with God. But before we begin, if we're going to talk about cooking, I got to put, put my apron on. This is cool. You have to be very secure in your manhood. Look at this. This is cool right here. We're going to stick the collar up just in case. Right. You've seen Martha Stewart. You've seen that dude, Emerald. Kevin Weatherby's cooking class. Here we go, baby. If you got your recipe book, turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. First thing, let's read it. For the grace of God, cha uh, Titus chapter 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. That is actually a recipe. If you find your faith just kind of stuttering to a stop, or you're having a hard time in your life, this will get you cooking again. And this is good for your soul, it's good for your body, it's good for your emotions, it's good for your health, it's good for everything. The first ingredient that our little recipe right here in Titus chapter 2 says, the first ingredient is learning to say no. And that's what that represents right there. Learning to say no. Verse 12, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. When's the last time you told yourself no? You know, it, it, it's hard, isn't it hard to say no to your buddies and everything like that? But it's even harder to say no to yourself. Let me ask you a question. What marks the difference 
between the way you used to live your life before you knew Christ and the way you live it now. Because if you ain't able to tell yourself no from doing those things you used to do to the thing, the way you live your life now, you might need to back up and re-examine what you think being a Christian is. And the other thing is, have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Because you will continue to act just like you used to unless you start following God and ask him into your heart, ask Jesus into your heart. Just say no to godless living. Just like I was, man, I was pouring that, that. You know, a lot of times we know we're messing up right when we do it. And that little voice is, just say no, don't do this. This is dumb. We shouldn't do this. The Bible tells us right there in verse 12. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. Just say no to godless living. You are either living for yourself or living for God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You either live for yourself or you live for God. You can't do both. You can't. And I see so many people that want a relationship with Christ, but they want the proverbial cake and eat it too. They want that eternal life. They want those blessings. They want the peace that can only come from him that, that goes against all understanding. They want all of this stuff, but they don't want to give up nothing, nothing that they've been doing. No one can serve two masters. Just say no to sinful pleasures. And I'm sure that everybody, whether you're listening on the radio or watching in Castle Rock or on, on the live stream, oh, here's where he starts talking about this and this sinful pleasure, sinful pleasures. Let me tell you a story that my buddy Sean that made these told me. He told me that there was a, there's a factory in a third world country. They could get cheap labor. They went and they built this big old multi-million dollar uh, factory and all of this stuff. And they hired all these workers and everything. But those workers could work a couple of months and make just as much as they made all year. And one thing that they didn't count on was that these fellows were hard workers and they'd go in and they'd work for a couple of months and then they'd just quit. Sounds pretty good deal. I mean, you know, why work all year when you can live the same life? And so the corporation was like, you know what? We're having a high turnover rate. Instead of building up good workers with uh, you know, leaders and everything like that, we've got a high turnover rate. And so somebody said, well, I'll tell you what we do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give them more breaks. And we're going to build them this big fancy break room. And we're going to put a TV in there. And we're going to turn it on a channel where there's lots of commercials. And then we're going to put some catalogs out there and we're going to help them get credit. And so what these workers did is they went in there and they started, you know, eating their old bologna sandwich or whatever, you know, monkey brains or whatever it was that they eat down there. I don't even know where it was. And so they're sitting there eating, and they're looking up there, and they're like, hey, that's cool. Well, you can have this for, you know, payments of $39.95. Well, after a few months, people started looking at that, and they're like, you know what? I think I'd like to have one of them. Man, ain't nobody else around here has one of them. So they go buy it. 
Well, when they started there, everybody else started buying it. So they had to say, well, you know what? I've got to get something else. Man, I can get me a car now. And what they did is they gave these people credit. And before you know it, these people were living just like they were living before in poverty and squander. They just had a lot of toys resting in the back of their house. And now they were slaves. Is that you? You've been sitting in your break room, you call a living room, watching these TVs and looking at these catalogs and all the things that you don't think you can do without. Did you think that when God said to do away with sinful pleasures that he was only talking about sex and drinking? No. Ain't nothing wrong with sex and drinking whenever you do it the right way. But I tell you what, when you're watching that TV, taking everybody else's word for it, man, I got to have that. I got to have that. Society will tell you what you have to have and the level that you have to attain to be popular, to be social, to be all of this. Man, turn that off. Quit living the way you used to live. You want to get cooking with God? You got to learn to say no to yourself. You got to say no to godless living. And my apron done come undone. Well, that was rude. Can't have that. Ugh. I got her on a double knot now. I was adjusting the microphone. Just say no to godless living. Just say no to sinful pleasures. First recipe. Verse 12. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. Now, I ain't saying that you can't go out and get yourself a TV or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know it. I'm talking about just thinking about stuff all the time and ain't thinking about God none. The second ingredient is how to live in an evil world that you don't belong in. We're going to call that chili beans. <laughs> Ty's hungry. He's going to come up and gnaw my can. The second ingredient is how to live in an evil world that you do not belong in. Verse, the second part of 12 says we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. You want to get cooking with God? Do you feel like you're stuck? Has it, how long has it been since you truly like, felt God in your life? Have you been walking around telling people, oh yeah, you know, when's the last time you got a prayer answered? When's the last time you felt hope? How to live in an evil world that you don't belong in. This is as simple as a good cowboy breakfast of bacon, eggs, and Fruit Loops, okay? It's really pretty simple. Live with wisdom. How do we live with wisdom? Man, you gotta be wise. And you know what? The smallest part of wisdom is knowing the right answer. Wisdom is about how you live your life. And how do we know what wisdom is? Well, we got to read the good book. Man, you read Proverbs. Proverbs is awesome. You sit there and read Proverbs, it'll tell you a whole lot of stuff in there. Man, read your Bibles. That is the one thing that I'm going to go out on a limb and say 95% of you sitting out here probably did not pick up the good book last week. There's probably a bunch of that group that hadn't picked it up in the last month. Read your Bibles. It's God talking to you. Somebody says, I ain't never heard God speak to me. Well, you just never read a single word out of the Bible. Read your Bibles if you want to learn how to live with wisdom. How about this? The Bible says to ask God for it. 
If any of you are lacking wisdom, ask God and it will be given unto you. Now that doesn't mean wisdom so you can go down to the horse racetrack and pick out the right winner. That ain't it. God ain't into the lottery or nothing like that. God is into your spiritual growth. And if you truly need wisdom so that you can live a life that is holy and pleasing to him, man, he's going to give you some. And then he's going to see what you're going to do with it. And the Bible also says that if you do good, if I can trust you with a little, more will be given unto you. He's going to give you a little bit of wisdom. He's going to see what you're going to do with it. And then if you do good with it, then he's going to give you a little more. And you're going to do more good with it. You want to learn how to live with wisdom? Read the good book, ask God for it, put it into practice. Man, pretty simple. Pretty simple. How about living righteously? Now, that's, a, that's one of those big old church words that's kind of hard to get away from because, you know, righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. What does it mean? Do the right thing. That, that's what that means. Whatever you're doing, do the right thing. You know, I've thought about what can I put on that? What can I do? What can I put on that? How do you live righteously? Well, a fellow named Zig Ziglar, he said this, and I think it sums it up just right. He said, if you want to live righteously, do the right thing. How about this? Be strong, but not rude. Be strong, but not rude. Be kind, but not weak. Be bold, but not a bully. Be humble, but not timid. Be proud, but not arrogant. If you put those things into focus, or put those things in your life, and you do that, be strong, but not rude. Be kind, but not weak. Be bold, but not a bully. Be humble, but not timid. Be proud, but not arrogant. You put those into practice, and you give it all to God, man, you're going to be shining bright, and you're going to be bearing fruit. I guarantee you. The second ingredient is how to live in an evil world that you do not belong in. The first step in that is with wisdom. The second step in that is to live righteously. And the third step we've already mentioned, living in devotion to God. If you can't, how, how do you live in devotion to God? Man, everything you do, do it for the Lord. And if you can't do it for the Lord, then don't do it. I don't know how simpler to say that because no matter how more, much more I say about living in devotion to God, other than if you can't do it for the glory of God, then you don't need to be doing it. Anything else I say in addition to that, if you don't understand that first part, you sure as heck ain't going to understand the rest of it. Second ingredient is how to live in an evil world that you do not belong in. You live with wisdom. You live right. And you live in devotion to God. The last ingredient, the last ingredient, if you want to get cooking with God, is to look forward. Look forward. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. Let's look at it. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. We've talked about this one already, the first ingredient. We are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. Just say no. 
And then it says we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. How to live in an evil world that you don't belong in. And the third one, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Look forward. What does that mean? What does it mean to look forward? Look, you can't move forward if you're looking behind you. I don't care how good you think you are, if you try to walk towards God while you're turning around looking at the, where you've been, you're going to stumble and fall. You may go right off the cliff. You'll miss the narrow gate if you're missing the life that you used to live. Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. How's that for just straight up telling you like it is? You can't get to where you want to be, where God wants you to be, if you're turning around missing that sorry life that you used to live. It ain't going to happen. The second thing, you can't become who God called you to be until you forgive yourself and the man that you were and start becoming the man that God knows you to be. Time after time, I've preached on this. And I just, I just want to take some fellas, and I mean, just when, when they go, well, you know, I can't, I can't forgive myself. I just want to take a hot shot and go, eh, right there in the tender spot. What'd you do that for? You got you to let it go, man. <laughs> you got to let it go. Man, you got to, you know what? If you've asked forgiveness for God and he has forgiven you, you ain't God. If he's forgiven you, then let it go, cowboy. You can't become who God called you to be until you forgive yourself. If he's forgiven you, then I know you should forgive you. I told you one time that not forgiving yourself is like looking at Jesus up on that cross, all bloody and beaten beyond recognition, his back, all the hide peeled off his back so that he could forgive you. And you looking up at him and saying, you know what, man, I appreciate you dying up there for forgiveness of my sins and everything, but your death ain't good enough for my sins. That's how serious this is. You got to let it go. You'll miss a narrow gate if you're missing the life you used to live. You can't become who God called you to be until you forgive yourself for the man that you were. And you can't look forward if you're looking at all the wrongs people did to you in the past. Gotta let that stuff go. Man, we've all had stuff that was done wrong to us. And I ain't saying that you forget it or say it's all good now or anything like that. You just, I'm just saying let it go. Let it go. Because what happens when you, you know, I said this the other day. The toughest thing a weak man can do is hold a grudge. Let me repeat that. The toughest thing that a weak man can do is hold a grudge. And there are lots of weak fellas out there holding grudges. And it's not just fellas, it's, it's cowgirls too. You gotta let that go. Not to say that everything's, you know, everything's gonna be okay. Not saying any of that. I'm just saying don't lock yourself down because whenever you harbor hate and grudges in your life, you just locking yourself up. You ain't locking them up. You ain't hurting them none.
you're hurting yourself. And you can't get to where you need to be. You can't look forward if you're looking at all the wrongs people did to you in the past. You want to get cooking with God again? You find yourself stuck? Maybe you're not stuck. Would you just like to move forward? Pick up a little speed. You can do those three things. I gave you all the ingredients. Say no to godless living and sinful pleasures. Live right and look forward. It's not rocket science, and it ain't my words. It's God's. He said, if you want to get cooking with me, cowboy, then you got to say no to godless living and sinful pleasure. you got to live right, and you got to look forward. But no recipe is complete without the measurements. You know what I mean? So I know everybody else like me, we cook in one of these things. How much of this do we use? Just a pinch, a dash, cup, teaspoon? No. All of it. Say no to godless living and sinful pleasures. Not just a dash of them. You've got to say no to it all. You've got to say no to it all. And how do you live in an evil world? You just need a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of living right, a little, you give a little bit to God. No, you've got to give it all. You've got to give it all. Looking forward, you, you just got to look forward just a little bit? Just a little bit? No. You got to never look back. Never. You got to be looking forward all the time. All the time. And if you don't think that that is important, what happened to Lot's wife when God rescued them out of Sodom and Gomorrah? He said, Whatever you do, don't look back. If you look back, you'll find death there. Well, you can look back at your own life and find death. Or you can look forward to the hope of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you can get cooking with him today. When you put all of this together and bake it for the rest of your life, it becomes a wellspring of happiness, purpose, and eternal life. And I know there will be fruit loops in heaven because I see a lot of you sitting here and I'm going to be there with you. Let's